1: you think the plan all along was to get in golo and they got antonio and they're like oh Wait, well that's wrong. good too but who's yes. <laughs> hitting sitting there like i thought i had this job like what
2: <laughs> we had a deal
0: this is the fantasy soccer podcast brought to you by rotowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports for news rankings projections DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, FPL edition. Uh, I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, welcome to your break from the MLS's, uh, the MLS world.
1: Yeah, just a small break. We had Euros and Copa, too, so there have been some a few breaks, but we're behind the curtains deep into premier league at this point.
2: And we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, it's going to be an interesting show because uh, normally I, I try to do some reading and some preparation. Uh, today there was none of that. So we'll be improving as we go. So it should be incredibly fun and incredibly full of mistakes. So uh, if you'd like to catch them all and tweet, tweet them at us on Twitter, I am more than happy to have that happen to me. So I am at Sports by Gotti, G-O-T-T-I, and he is at Rotowire Andrew. But of course you already knew that. So uh, we're going to do – Two things, really, here. We're going to be breaking down the the transfers that have happened so far, and we are also going to get into our behind-the-scenes, behind-the-curtain, deep into our fantasy Premier League preparations that Andrew just referred to in a minute. But we'll get to that later on in the podcast. Let's first talk about some transfers here, which is what I live for. And let's start with Sunderland, who have made absolutely zero transfers. Um, One that I kind of expected to happen but hasn't yet was uh, Yedlin coming back.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing uh you know he'll travel to Tottenham during the summer. I think they're playing here. I don't even know who the, who they would be playing, but the uh I think the plan is to see kind of what he can do and get him kind of reacclimated with the club um before they, you know, obviously send him out for the season. But yeah, there's no way he stays there uh to sit behind uh Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier. So uh I don't know, it's it's still rather early so and you know these loans and transfers go through the end of august so like they they have three or four games into the season which is really incredibly stupid but um you know who am i to to judge but the i mean that'll happen it's just a it's i think it would be weirder if sunderland uh, had made a number of moves and that one wasn't one of them but it's weird that they've it's weird in itself that they haven't really done anything do you think it's because they're kind of expecting big sam to leave.
2: I think they're waiting to see how that works. Uh that 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 may work. That might be the case. And also David Moyes apparently was wrong yeah. to be with a name that would replace him. That would be weird. Anyway, but the, what they did, what they have done already is Emmanuel Jacquerini, the surprise star of the Italian team over the summer, has moved on to Napoli. Yes. Yeah, so,
1: he he was a classic. He's a, a decent player that is just not built for the Premier League, and so it's it wasn't overly it was surprising. Small. Yeah, it wasn't surprising to see him leave. Yep,
2: Yep. but don't worry, Sunderland fans. You were not the only ones who have made zero moves. Uh, Stoke City have also done absolutely nothing so far, Uh, which is surprising because you've heard their names scattered about with every name that's been on the mediocre player market over the last two (laughs) years. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm sure Boyan's not going to be happy when he hears that. Um, But they kind of have enough players don't they it was just I mean, enough to do what they did you know they're not going to compete for the title and uh, top four is kind of well beyond them as well I'm not sure there's anything Stokes ever going to be able to do to to reach that level uh, where they're seriously competing and so uh, you know as long as everybody's healthy do they really need like sig- significant changes
2: when was the last time Jordan Shaqiri and Boyan were both healthy at the same time
1: yeah so you know if, if they can start the season with those two I mean they have some decent players there so uh, you know, good enough to compete, maybe compete for a Europa spot.
2: Yeah, Mark. Uh, they had they had a team that really didn't do any do anything to help themselves over the summer in the Euros with Shaqiri and well, Shaqiri had that one wonder goal, but yep. the, it was Shaqiri and Arnautovic didn't really cover themselves in glory. So
1: it was almost uh, exactly how Stoke would want them to play because now exactly. nobody wants them.
2: Exactly. Not only that, they also got a lot of rest. Yeah. So. They don't have to wait for two or three weeks into the season like Arsenal is likely going to have to do with Ozil and just a a bunch of others. Uh, The list is too long to to name. (laughs) Um, There's going to be a lot of players that will not play for a while. Yep, yep. So Um, so Something something to keep in mind uh, when we start talking about our deep in preparations for the upcoming (laughs)
1: season. What was funny about, uh, well, it's really Aaron Ramsey was the one who who brought it up about not playing the first few games of the year because he was like, yeah, back in... Uh, 2014 when Germany made the or won the World Cup, Mesut Ozil came back and he got a break and a lot of the German players kind of were eased in and Wales obviously made that great run of the semis. Uh, Ramsey didn't even play in the semifinal because he got two yellow cards in five games so obviously he should be suspended. Um, but he, so he's like yeah you know I'll take a little break and then I think they'll let me start the season slowly and like there was nothing from the club that <laughs> was like yep that's our plan like we're going to let him and uh, on top of that, then they had Ozil and Koscielny and um, Giroud like keep playing. So obviously, you know, if if that's the plan, Arsenal is going to be quite limited uh, in their opener, which I believe is against Liverpool, uh, which is a tough one to start with, regardless.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's no good time for that, but Liverpool aren't exactly going to be at full strength either, so.
1: Uh it sounds like most of the guys will be there. I mean Coutinho's already playing, Firmino didn't play at all uh this summer, so um you know and a bunch of guys are coming back from injury so that you know they didn't play a ton. Jordan Henderson like barely played, Ben Teke barely played, Origi's healthy, so um I don't know. I think they could go they could run out pretty quickly to start the season.
2: That would be scary if uh Jurgen Klopp gets ahead of steam. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the teams that have at least made one signing here. Uh, this is one that I really like, actually. Uh, West Brom taking Matt Phillips from QPR. Uh, especially given Tony Pulis' style with a lot of dependence on free kicks, mm-hmm. set pieces, corners. Matt Phillips will take a lot of those.
1: Yeah, we we loved him two years ago. He was a big you know, DFS, at least on DraftKings, because he sent in so many crosses. And that was back when they didn't include corners so just the 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 open play crosses when he was with QPR and they obviously got sent down after they got sent down we were you know naming the 12 teams that should probably take him and he ended up staying for the season and now that they're spending another year down there uh, they finally let him go and yeah I completely agree it's a great team for him to go to uh I I assume we'll see plenty of you know Phillips to Salanon Rondone uh, attempts in the box whether he'll finish those I think we know he won't finish all of them, so...
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very self-evident, even from Copa America, he won't finish all right. of them. <laughs>
1: right.
2: But kudos to Venezuela for doing as well as they yeah. did. Yeah. All right, but yeah, that's the one signing West Brom have made. Uh, say The Saito uh saga continues, but it looks like he's on his way out. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way.
1: we said it for at least a year now, so I'm sure it'll happen any day.
2: <laughs> I'll just keep saying it until it's true. That's Whether right. it takes uh, one day or one year or ten years from now, it'll eventually be true. Yes. All right. So Hall have also made one signing. They have picked up Will Mannion from AFC Wimbledon. I don't care. Yep. Won't he won't mean anything. <laughs> the one thing that I I will mention is, you know, Hull City are one of two teams that are in the race for Robbie Brady. Yep. So. You know, and Robbie Brady has played at Hull before under Steve Bruce, so and was valuable when He's he played. He just didn't play enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, is there a thought for them? I mean, there has to be a thought for Norwich. I mean, obviously, when teams go down, they want to keep the key players because they need to play this other season to try to come back up, which is what we saw with QPR, like we just said, with Matt Phillips and when they kept uh, Charlie Austin for at least half the season. But... I mean, you, you'd have to think that Norwich will try to hold on to Robbie Brady, or do you think he's just going to force his way out?
2: I think Robbie Brady, especially after leading Ireland the way that he did, is going to try and force himself out. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Brady, unfortunately for Norwich, did do well.
3: Right. So
2: he's going to try to capitalize on that. In fact, Robbie Brady, was I think you told me he was quoted as to say that he wants to play Champions League football <laughs> he next does, year. Yes. And lo and behold, he may have a chance because Leicester may be in on him. Yeah. Yes.
1: I mean, that They it, may
2: be. that might be more for depth, though.
1: Yeah, it was. I loved it when I sent that to you and I said, Robbie Brady's interested in playing Champions League football. And your only response was me, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, he I don't know. I, with the way that Newcastle is spending, they're obviously doing all they can to come back uh immediately and so you would think that the other relegated teams would try to play that game as well uh you know obviously they're not the the budgets are are different but I feel like if you're Norwich they've already lost Nathan Redmond you would do all you could to keep Brady
2: uh, I'm not sure they'll get that chance I'm really not sure they'll get that chance it's the I it's going to be just like uh just a uh, well uh, more high profile than Matt Phillips that's the way I'll put it yeah but similar type player, they send a lot of crosses. Robbie Brady can hit penalties too. Show him mm-hmm. that. Uh, cool under pressure. I I I just think there's too many good things going for him. I also think that if uh, Robbie Brady winds up at Leicester, Riyad Mahrez's days are close to over there.
1: You yeah, you would think he that would be that some would sort be, that, that of would be the
2: ready-made replacement. Yeah. yeah, him and Mark Albrighton on the right hand side switching off. That right. that just, just seems right. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Burnley back I'm sorry Hall City by the way back into the Premier League after one year out Uh, same thing with Burnley Mm -hmm. they are back Uh, Sean Dyche back still at the helm surprised I'm surprised he didn't get more high profile jobs but anyway they've signed Jimmy Dunn doesn't mean anything and I don't think Burnley are going to be big players they're going to be squarely in my relegation watch
1: yeah yeah I think of the three they're definitely the ones who will be closest to the bottom
2: And we're going to get those terrible camera views again. They were so bad. They were so bad.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, Tottenham uh, has terrible ones at White Hart Lane, too. It's like you either have one that looks like it's a guy in the front row with his iPhone or a blimp.
2: Yeah. It's
1: like
2: we can't figure out like
1: one better place to do it
2: what they need is they need those NFL fly cams to go over the top of the, yeah. of the that would be a lot of fun to watch. But then again, the ball might, hit I was gonna
1: them. say the ball would hit it within minutes and everybody would be like, Oh yeah, that, that is a dumb idea.
2: <laughs> That's why we need the drones. That's just right. get the drones up there. Oof. All right. They have a whole drone racing league now. It's really intense to watch.
1: I've, right. I've I admittedly have seen some of that uh, on the internet. But I have a... just,
2: there's no shame in that. It's, Pretty cool, yeah
1: my uh, cousin's husband is a is a head soccer coach at Hotchkiss, which is a boarding school in upper Connecticut, and he said he's played a few games where like visiting he's like gone to other schools and they use drones to tape the games um, so it's not a crazy idea it's actually well well used already in the pri- boarding school. Practices
2: sounds like I need to start myself in a new profession. Yeah, drone sports photographer, flyer (laughs) maybe, maybe. Anyway, the new market—it's a brand new world out there for drone flyers. So, uh, are you a drone flyer? I wish I was. Uh, In New York City, it's kind of illegal to fly them.
1: Oh, I went to a party a few weeks ago. It was uh, a friend of my wife's uh, son's birthday party, and there was a guy there who brought his drone. And he was like flying it around, like showing it off. And honest to God, he went to bring it down, and it crashed right next to him, like br- the whole thing broke. And it was like, oh, that's... I, have,
2: I have a different story. That's why you similar, need a license? Uh, similar, similar to those, similar to that this guy does have a license to fly the drone. But yeah. what happened was there was a there's like a, a there was a rail railway switch, uh, so something that switches the tracks, and it interfered with the signal from the helicopter to the actual uh, – to the uh, to the remote controller. Uh-oh. And, well, it, they do have, like, safe modes. Like, they know when the connection is severed. It's going to just successfully hover straight uh, – hover down to flat ground. So they have protocols in place. The only problem was the drone wasn't flying level at the time, so it thought level ground was a completely different angle. Oh. <laughs> and it just went su- – it, it looked like a drunk pilot just went left. Oh, no. And, but it surprisingly didn't didn't completely break. Only small small injuries because it didn't go very fast. How much is a drone? They range is the way that I'll put it. What's a? It's affordable, but what, it's what does that mean? It, it's an investment. It's an it, it, you're not paying thousands, but you could pay a thousand. Okay.
1: Hmm.
2: You also could pay thousands if you want to. It's it's really right. it all depends on how far away you need it to go from you.
1: Right, right, right. that makes sense.
2: And also, the expensive part is actually the camera that attaches
1: to it. Right, sometimes, right? I um, I just don't think I do enough. I don't leave the house enough for a drone, and I realized what? that when I my mom got me a GoPro, and I was like, I don't like, I don't go skiing, I don't go like whitewater rafting, and this stuff seems like what I should use a GoPro for. So instead, I put it on my son's head while he plays soccer.
2: I was just about to I was just about to suggest that
1: yeah especially
2: during his Clint Dempsey celebration yeah
1: the problem is is that there's just too much movement like um, you know as soon as you like look left like obviously the camera goes that way and it's like it's a five year old kid he's like looking at everything so there's no like steady shot of it Um, my brother bought my nephew a one that he like straps onto his chest because he actually wore one while he while he uh, skis and. That seems a little more reasonable, but it's just like, it's just not fun to watch, and it makes me realize I'm just lazy. I'm not adventurous enough. And it didn't actually, like, encourage me to be more adventurous. It was just like, oh, well, I'll just slap it on my kid.
2: Well,. A a club that has been adventurous in the last six years has been Southampton. that's not even true. I am totally going off the rails here. (laughs) Southampton, um, I tried to segue. I failed. That's that's what happens when you don't prepare. Hmm. All right. So Southampton, they've made two signings, one of which I like. The other, which I don't really know very much about, uh, the one, the latter being Pierre Emile Hoiberg from mm-hmm. Bayern Munich. That was a big transfer for them at £12.8 million. Pounds. And they also took Nathan Redmond. Uh, so, as we referenced before, Redmond on his way over to Southampton, likely to replace Sadio Mane, who's made his way to Liverpool. Uh,
1: can you admit that your favorite move of Southampton's this summer was not selling Graziano Pelle to Chelsea? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You were so nervous that that moot I was, wasn't happening.
2: I, I, said it, I said it during the tournament, right? Yeah. I said it during the tournament. Hey, Conte's going to be like, hey, I like this Pele guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you're the seventh highest or sixth highest paid player in the world and your name is Graziano Pele, uh, you go wherever that – whoever's making that mistake. You just go and collect the checks.
1: What I learned was that he actually wanted to go in January. Like this has been like a thing that he's wanted to do for a while. And Southampton – Had no interest in selling him in January because they were still kind of in it, uh, at least for a top four. They weren't really going to finish there, but they were competing. Uh, And so he waited. But, like, he's been talking about China for months. And so apparently we shouldn't have been surprised at all.
2: I was still surprised.
1: Yeah. But Charlie Austin, (laughs) I mean, he slots right into that spot until he gets
2: hurt three days into the season. That's right. Chaz, Austin, Austin. Yeah. Uh, he's, I'm, I I don't even want to say that he's a ready-made replacement because I don't think he is. I just think he has, the only thing that he does have is the confidence to shoot at all times. Yeah.
1: I think he kicks a lot harder.
2: He kicks. Yeah. But he doesn't connect harder.
1: Yeah. Well, that, you know, (laughs) Oh, well,
2: but the big tiny, the big, the big thing for me is Nathan Radman can fill in for Sadio Mane.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was going to, you know, all of the fantasy frustrations of people who owned Dusan Tadic last year like theoretically that doesn't apply cuz Ronald Kuman's gone now but you know I feel like it's always been a playing time issue with Nathan Redmond that uh you know hopefully he plays as much as Mane did and not as much as Tadic did so that we actually can see him and see what he does over the course of a season.
2: I I I think fantasy I think fantasy managers around the world will agree with you there. Yeah. Lovely. And who knows? Yeah, and and who knows? Dusan Tadic, he might be the breakout star this year, even though he should have been last year.
3: Mm-hmm. All
2: right, uh, in the in the tier of teams that have made two signings, there's actually a whole bunch. Uh, Chelsea are one of those teams, so let's get through this as quickly as we can. Uh, and Golo Conte, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because pre-podcast. Uh, hopefully, Andrew put this puts this as the uh, the little hit before we start, uh, but. In a case of mistaken identity, uh, Chelsea have hired Antonio Conte as their coach instead of N'Golo Conte as their midfielder. But they they made up for their mistake and got both. That's right. So Conte Square. Um, that's right. That's right. It's a hot. They're cousins, right? Sure. What it is, yeah. Uh, sure. And but Angolo Conte is the one that a lot of pundits are saying was the best signing of the summer so far, uh, considering the money spent as well. I don't know at all. I, I, no one knows, first of all, but it's it's a lot of money to pay for somebody who only affects the game in one direction. I don't think he does much going forward, which okay. is where Chelsea are Chelsea are going to be doing that most of the season is going forward. Mm-hmm. The problem that Chelsea got into last year is that everyone let them have the ball, yeah, <laughs> and they didn't know what to do. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that this year. But a, a guy who actually will help that situation when they're going forward is Michi Batshuayi. Uh, that's – it's a name that I've been throwing about for a, the better part of a year and a half. And I had no, I had no idea that Chelsea was even going to be interested. But then they were interested and then they decided to go in for $33 million and pip all the other clubs including Tottenham. Uh, In fact, that's first press conference was, why would I go to Tottenham when I can go to a team like Chelsea? (laughs) To which everyone replied, Champions Champions League.
1: League. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of that whole situation was that you've been talking about this guy for a year as like, if he came to the Premier League, I think he'd be really good. You know, he's doing really Well. well in France. And there was never a point where you were like, Chelsea should get him. Or I want Chelsea to get him, or he'd be great at Chelsea. Like they, that jump never happened, and then all of a sudden he signed, and we were like, "Oh yeah, that, okay, he, that, you should have been asking well, for that the
2: whole time." Well, yeah, that's why. That's why. It, that's why it happened the way. Oh, it that's did. why it
1: happened. Okay.
2: Because I am wrong the almost one hundred percent of the time, which is which is just as impressive as being right. Anyway, uh, you, I, um He's a goal scorer. Yep. There's no other. There's no two ways around it. If Conte wants to play two up front, him and him and Costa would be interesting. In the fact that they both want to occupy the same space, so I don't know how that's going to work. But that's why I'm not paid to coach the team. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Costa because the rumors are still that he's going to be on his way out to Atletico. Um, another another rumor was that Lukaku there's that Chelsea are still interested in Lukaku. Yeah. Um, if they uh, if they have Lukaku and Batshuayi, that that didn't work out well for Belgium. I mean they they played they played together briefly and neither of them scored when they were both on the pitch. But when Batshuayi replaced Lukaku, he scored. First touch wasn't it or something something something, was early, something right? like yeah. that something like that. But it, it's it's a good signing in that it's he's young, he's quick for his size and he has size. And he seems to find himself in the right places in the box, which is something that you need to do in the Premier League. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, but that. With, with that being said, hold on, is, yeah, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. But do you feel that he positively or negatively affects Costa if they play together? And second prong, actually, first prong of that question, do you think they play together if they're both on the on the team? And then secondly, do they positively ne- or negatively affect each other?
1: I can't picture Costa playing with another f- forward and like now. Uh, and so that's the, that's ultimately the problem I have that he usually those two, you need those two to play off of each other. And it seems like Costa needs more space than, than being able to share the area with uh, Batshuayi. So I, and we talked about this, you know, the possibility of a four two four, which Hey, why not? Uh, but
0: Worked for
2: Brazil way back in the day.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's, Chelsea, I like the idea. I don't know if I necessarily like it with Costa. And so you're kind of putting a square peg in a round hole with, with him if that's the way you're going to play. I think he works fine playing by himself, but then obviously that keeps on the on the sideline. So, I don't... I don't think it works with Costa. And so I think everybody who's somewhat related to Chelsea will just keep talking about him wanting to go to Atletico and Atletico wanting him back and just keep talking about it until it happens.
2: Yeah. And we'll get into more of the strategy stuff when we talk about our pre draft stuff later, but I did just want to mention that just, you know, one little point also because it's my team and I wanted to talk about Chelsea more. (laughs) Uh, So let's switch over to your team and Arsenal who have also made two signings. I said, this group of two signings is large. Um, they signed—actually, uh, before the deadline even started, they came to a pre-contract arrangement with Granite Xhaka
3: mm-hmm.
2: for $35 million, And they also signed Takuma Asano from Japan. Uh, who won't play. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. assuming the latter won't matter, yeah. at least not this season. Uh, Granite Xhaka is something they've been looking for. It was something that we've been saying that Arsenal have needed for a very long time is a defensive midfielder who can also move the ball.
1: Yep. I think we talked about him on our last podcast, so we did no reason to go too much into him. But yeah, he's
2: the only downside is he is not quick.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, And, you know, now that Aaron Ramsey had such a great Euros, people are going to talk about him getting in the lineup. So now you're if you play both of them, that means no Mohamed El Nani or Francis Coquelin, the latter of which I think may even go out on loan at this point because he's fourth in that you know pecking order. So. Uh, or maybe even 5th if you include Jack Wilshire kind of in that combination. So the, you know, they're abundant where they need to be abundant since those guys always get hurt anyway.
2: That is true. They can't ever seem to keep them all healthy. Yeah. But then again, you don't need them all healthy if you only play two of them.
1: Right, right. So yeah, uh there's still this ridiculous uh Arsenal and Gonzalo Higuaín talk and then uh, they were they're now linked to Carlos Baca to try to get him before West Ham does, which I think is completely unnecessary um or at least if you're I, I'd rather them not make a move than to settle for Baca if they can't get Iguain. so I don't know and then there's still a uh Benzema talk which is also kind of silly so we'll see I'm guessing well, I, that nothing happens
0: so
2: what I found interesting I actually, actually this is I think something will happen with Arsenal in the center forward position here's why uh, if it's true, and I'm assuming I have no reason to believe that they would be lying about this, the reporters, that they offered 40 million plus uh, Giroud for Iguain, hmm. that's aggressive. All right, that's really, really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that same deal gets Benzema, or close to Benzema.
1: Yeah, but like Real Madrid doesn't want. I don't think Real Madrid wants Olivier Giroud. I think they'd rather well, just $80 million in
2: cash. Rather have the ca- of course, everyone would rather just have the cash. But I'm, what I'm saying is... It's...
1: I'm saying I think Giroud would play at Napoli, and I don't think he would play at Real Madrid. So, like, Napoli has a reason to make that move. You get the cash and a player that you'd play. But Madrid just gets a player that they won't play and less money than they would, ideally for what get, you know, gets you. But man, would I love him! Yeah,
2: it's. It, it, I think. I think that the, that kind of aggressiveness in just for Iguain, I think will net them somebody of the similar ilk. Is my point? Maybe maybe my examples were wrong because I didn't prepare, but it's one of the. It's one of those signs that says we are very serious about improving our center forward position and what it also says is Olivier Giroud can't return to this team he is obviously not wanted
1: yeah I I mean again it's it's just rumor so who knows
2: (sighs) it's not show friends it's show business (laughs) okay uh so uh, I think we had enough of talking about London teams. Let's go to Tottenham. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so the Spurs that they they've signed Victor Wanyama and they've also signed Vincent Janssen uh, from Eibar, the top goal scorer I believe from the Eredivisie last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he won't play. Uh, Victor Wanyama will play every game, but at least six because you can chew him in for two red cards, straight <laughs> reds. Uh, yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for fantasy League purposes, I don't think either of these signings really have a huge impact. Um, Victor Wanyama, the only thing that I can see is that he'll affect Moussa Dembele because uh, Dembele He's probably better. will find himself, I agree. but I, I know, It's a shame that Mark Wilmot forgot he existed yeah. for Belgium instead of going with the colossal fossil known as... uh Thank you, yes. Uh, but The guy with the hair. That's right. And, of course, he went blonde, which was... Anyway, just terrible decisions all around. Wilmots and Fellaini. But I'm not bitter about their results at all. Uh, Victor Wanyama, though, he can render Dembele pretty much useless for any kind of draft situation this season. Because when he does play, he can fill up the stat sheet in multiple categories.
1: Wanyama? Dembele. Dembele, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, Wanyama, I guess the benefit of the move is that He obviously thinks he's going to start, or at least he gets to play in the Champions League.
2: He makes more money.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yes, yes. I'm just glad he didn't go to Arsenal. That was a win-win move for everybody.
2: I thought he was going to go to Manchester United. Oof.
1: He seems a little too reckless for Jose Mourinho. Yeah.
2: All right, so let's continue our tour of London. Uh, We now start our teams with three signings here, which is Crystal Palace. Uh, they signed Andros Townsend, great move, for $13 million. Uh, secondary, even better move, Steve Mandanda from Marseille, who is – he's always played second fiddle to Hugo Lloris internationally, but he is a tremendous goalkeeper.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, that's a great one. he will I assume yeah, he and, goes right in.
2: Yeah, and the, and a good leader, a good emotional leader, leads by example, leads in the locker room very well. So I'll Steve Mandanda, I think, it. is one of – uh, yes. I'm saying was. I don't know. Yes, he is. He—he okay. he, I think he was the captain of Marseille for – a long time, uh, including times when Matthew Valbreno was there, times when Dimitri Paye was there, when Lacazette uh, – not Lacazette, didn't mean that. Um, and there's one more striker I'm forgetting, but uh, of course I'm not prepared, so fantastic for me. <laughs> uh, and Crystal Palace also signed James Tompkins from West Ham. Uh, I'm assuming he'll play too.
1: Yeah, they, it, I mean they could replace – They
2: signed three starters, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they could have uh... – Replaced all four of their defenders, maybe keep Joel Ward for good measure. But Dan and Scott Delaney Dan. were... Yeah, Dan was... They're all replaceable.
2: I'll put it that way. Yes, of course. Scott Dan's main feature is that he scored on headers, which is not what you want as your main feature from your center back.
1: Right. I was like when Eric Dyer led Tottenham in goals at the beginning. What was that, two seasons ago?
2: Yep, he scored two times in the first game, right? Yeah, something like that. Or two in two weeks. Something. Yeah. So, anyway. So... Yeah, I don't see... James Tompkins, I think he'll slot right in.
1: Yeah, I think they all could. I think you're right. Um, which they, there's still all this talk that they're waiting for—is it 28 or 32 million pounds for Balassi? And I don't know. I, I would be surprised if he was still there by the end of August. Yeah, like, I, can, I maintain that. It, it,
2: it, it, so that, that's Sadio Mane money, basically. And do you think he's worth the same?
1: I think we'd be just as excited uh, about Balassi if he went to Liverpool as Mane. Although that may be more about Klopp than the two of them, but I don't know. It seems like Balassi could help plenty of teams, and Palace could use the thirty million pounds. I mean, Townsend is basically his replacement, right?
2: Ready-made replacement, that's yeah. for sure.
1: Zaha's playing well enough that they they can keep him, and, and they'll make more on Balassi than anybody else they have.
2: Yeah. If they don't sell Balassi, who who starts in that midfield three?
1: Um. It'll be. I think it's Townsend, uh, Zaha, and Balassi. I think Punchin sits with Kabai and MacArthur yeah. behind them.
2: You know what Chris Palace still don't have?
1: A striker. Christian that's
2: Benteke. Right. That's the rumor. Yeah. But they they got to get him for the right price so they can sell money at the right price. You mean Balassi? Uh, I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yep. What if they just right, swapped?
1: Let's... Can't they do that? I guess Belasi wouldn't really
2: play at Liverpool much. Nope. Not much at all. Yeah. Oh, well. I uh, hope ben they cannot, they, And also, uh, the thing about him and Mane is they both don't do well defensively, and yeah. they need to run around a lot and play defense and Klopp's system. Yeah. Can't have two of them.
1: I brought my right. Benteke Aston Villa jersey to Vegas for the Rotowire trip, and I couldn't get myself to wear it. Also has a collar on it, which is a little hot in the 109-degree heat, but anyway.
2: We should discuss that but in a little bit. Let's me get let get through these <laughs> signings first. All right, Liverpool, they've made three signings. They, showed, they They signed Joel Matip from Schalke on a free, which I think is a great move. He's yep. very athletic, yep. very, very quick. We talked about him earlier. Uh, Loris Karius from mm-hmm. Mainz, so more, more Germans, more German league players, excuse me. And as the aforementioned Sadio Mane from Southampton.
1: Yep. I think they all start right away, and I think they'll all be decent fantasy options. Really? Yeah.
2: Think Carius will be a decent fantasy option?
1: Yeah, Mignolet stinks. I mean, come on.
2: I don't think it's Minule's fault. Oh, okay. Uh, so goals. Yeah, I
1: I think they'll, <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends on the format. But uh, I think Liverpool wins a lot of games this year. So, like in DraftKings and stuff like that, where you get points for wins, I think he'll make up for the one goal allowed. And I think it'll be a lot of that, a lot of one goal alloweds. I think they're going to improve defensively, and f- now that they figured out how to play under Klopp, I don't think you'll see as many you know three-two games as you did last year. They'll just be three-one.
2: That that would be a vast improvement for the goalkeeper situation at yeah. Liverpool. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, I don't think that makes him fantasy relevant, though. Okay.
1: I think there are there are worse options out there.
2: I also don't think it's a guarantee that he starts over Mignolet. Mm. That's nuts to me. Well, nuts to things. you. N- well, then nuts to you. Yeah. All right, Manchester City have also made three signings. These are two of the three are big uh, are big impact to me. Uh, of course, Ilkay Gundogan for 21 million, Nolito, which was I think a great value signing at 14 million, yeah, and Alex. Yeah, and Alexander. Z- we talked about him in the last podcast. Alexander Zinchenko from Ufa, from FC Ufa. Yes. So um, I'm not sure about him, but I really I think he's one for the future. If yes, I'm not mistaken. He is. But, the,
1: what do they call it eds the elite development squad or something like that
2: no he'll be at nyc fc uh, yeah there. hardly uh <laughs> how's that stadium coming okay uh Gundogan <laughs> is good it's weird it's weird to play soccer in a rhombus it's just, It just throws everybody off yeah um anyway Gundogan, does he start i think so does he start, and, and that means yaya is likely on the bench now uh
1: i mean yeah the it sounds like they're definitely keeping Yaya. Um, I don't know. If uh, it's, it's
2: really more a matter of whether Yaya wants to stay.
1: Well, I I guess. I mean, they, it sounds like Inter really was the only option, and they've given up on it. Uh,
2: yeah, because so. they signed, yeah, they, they signed uh, Candreva. Right. Oh, uh, God. So, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I Candreva, way. I think, was forcing a move to, to Inter.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, the... Uh, I don't think Yaya is at a point where he needs to start every day. So, yeah, I think you could place him. You can't put Gundogan in, like, a like next to De Bruyne. I guess De Bruyne was playing out on the wing last year, too, but I don't know. That's another team that is usually so banged up that there's probably plenty of playing time. Yeah. Do you think Fabian Delph got enough money that he feels okay just sitting around, not playing? Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> as Fair opposed enough. to the alternative of being at aston villa yep yeah yeah uh, you know what you know what my dream job in sports was for a very long time no bullpen catcher because they make a decent amount of money and they don't play mm-hmm. no pressure and all they do is they just squat down for a living and catch pitches yeah every That's kind so of often the... yeah and that fabian delf is basically the bullpen catcher of uh of manchester city this upcoming season okay I like it. He's just gonna get. He's gonna get other people ready. To I run. was just gonna
1: say, yeah, he'll warm Yaya Torre up, and
2: yeah, or Jesus he'll or he'll, he'll warm up like offensive players. You need to have like a defensive player in front of them, right? Like just one of those things. Stand here, let me dribble around you. That's right. That's right. That, that, that's kind of what he does anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but nice. uh, update on Kandreva. Actually, the Inter may not have worked out. Actually, yeah, Chelsea's think, back in play for yeah, Kandreva. I don't think that's done. Hey, well, that would mean that would be the end of the that would be the end of days for Juan Cuadrado. That's what that would mean.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, see. we don't need to talk about Chelsea. I have another Chelsea podcast that I talk to myself on all the time. Uh, but Manchester Blues City. By no, no, it's just, it's just me talking to myself because oh, okay. I have really to talk to about it. You and the cat. Which, but, yeah, it was a bad joke, and I'm going to move on from it. And Nolito, I'm not sure if he'll be a, a big impact, but I think it's a really good value signing. I'm not sure if he'll play right away.
1: It seems to be the, the person who is going to block Kalechi Nacho from getting consistent playing time. Like He was or playing very well last year, or at yeah. the end of last year, and there's no reason you would play him over Nolito.
2: Yeah, or any other young player. And there's no young forward that's going to make it through this team.
1: Right. Iannaccio was the only option. like Meaning he was the only realistic one to do it.
2: Yeah, he's the only realistic one. That's fair. I remember that one game they played against Chelsea. I got a good look at a lot of them. Yeah. God, that was ugly. All right. Let's go to the other side of Manchester, who have also made three signings. Uh, We've heard this Zlatan Ibrahimovic guy. Uh, Recently, uh, Eric Cantona said that uh, Eric Cantona was the king of Manchester, and That's that right. <laughs> Zlatan can be the prince. Mm. To which Zlatan easily replied, naturally replied, "That's okay. He can be the king. I'm going to be the god of Manchester." Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the world that is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I'm so glad that he'll be speaking English in all of his press conferences now. Mm. It'll be yeah. it'll be very very fun. Okay. Uh, and we also talked about Eric Bailey, the defender for the future, who actually looked very good in their first game against. Uh, I want to say Reading or Wigan Barsley. Wigan sorry one of the former Premier League clubs that wear blue red white and blue
1: um, Speaking of him I believe and I'll have to go back but I believe it is pronounced by ye because of the double L
2: we'll go by Yi from now on I believe like that right. but by Yi okay uh so Eric Bayi from Villarreal for 30 million. we talked about him we talked yeah. about Zlatan at length and also Henrik Mikatarian. Oh. it wasn't finalized when we last talked no. but now he is officially on Manchester United uh you think he'll be the top fantasy option from this uh, from between him and Zlatan uh,
1: I'm I'm now going to say and I was completely wrong about uh, this last year, in terms of this about Manchester United, but I believe he could be the best fantasy option on the entire team. I said this about given, Memphis to Pie last year, and so obviously I'm I know nothing about given this. Which,
2: but given which scoring, any of them, really? Yeah, you think he'll get that? I think he could
1: reach. I th- I believe he could reach that elusive ten ten, and I'm not sure anybody else on the team can.
2: I just think – I think you're asking a lot of someone in the Jose Mourinho system. I, that's understandable. As someone, who, as someone who has seen it at work, it, it, Well, I mean, so, some, it's, somebody has to be – Unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> or Eden Hazard once, you're not going to really get huge production out of both categories. You're just asked to play too much defense.
1: I, I'm saying I believe there – it's partially because of him and partially that uh, – like there's not enough. Who else would it be? I'm not saying he's going to be the top fantasy option in, in the Premier League, but he may be the. I think he's going to be the top one from Manchester United. Yeah, because uh, I will, like yeah, I said, who, this, who else this, could it
2: this be? will be something? This will be something I'll be bringing up in our, when we talk about our you know musings of the pre-draft stuff. Uh, I, what's going to be very interesting is how they mix in Mikatarian, Martial, and Memphis.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty clear how they're going to do it. There's no way Memphis plays.
2: My point is, my, is, is there might is is will there be rotation, which is a four-letter word for Mourinho, so unlikely? And if not, you know, who, is it just that these guys get 60 minutes to do what they need to do? They get two-thirds of the game?
1: I think Memphis doesn't play.
2: At all? Yeah. The minute zero to
1: 90? I, I just, yeah, I think most games he doesn't play
2: money well spent (laughs) all right Swansea also have signed three players uh they've officially signed Leroy Fair from QPR we've seen what he can do uh they signed Mike Vanderhorn a really nice Dutch name from Ajax and also Tyler Reed from Manchester United sort of
1: I mean yes he was from Manchester United but
2: yes but anyway
1: that's how I felt about all of them
2: yep except for Leroy Fair he can still do stuff uh
1: I can't. I don't see him getting on many of my teams. Maybe on a nice Sunday two game slate when nobody else good is playing, but
2: yeah. Everton have made three signings. That's what I think of it too. Uh, Everton have made three signings. Uh, actually, really four because I, I think Ronald Koeman is just as good as signing any player.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a fantastic get. Uh, so basically, I've never heard. This is just like all of Ronald Koeman's signings before. Never heard of them, but now I'm going to, except for Martin Stecklenburg, but I'm going to trust that all of them will work out just fine. <laughs> yeah. So they've signed uh, Basalas, oh uh, man, I'm going to butcher this, Basalas Sambo, or Sambo from Coventry. Sorry, sorry family of Basalas Sambo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Renshaw from Oldham, and uh, as as I just said, Martin Stecklenburg.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... Admittedly, I don't know anything about these guys other than Steckel is a goalie and he's not very good.
2: And he'll back up Joel.
1: Maybe there's. I mean, Joel was hardly a dominant goalkeeper last year. But I think what we saw at Southampton, with how much the um, fullbacks attack. I mean, he's got two perfect attacking fullbacks on this team. That I think we actually will see. I think we'll see a big rise back to fantasy relevance for Leighton Baines and Seamus Coleman
2: I'm I'm with you with Coleman
1: I'm not I I, I know you were gonna say that but
2: Leighton Baines is not quick enough he can't get up and down the pitch he just can't and it it, it's it's father time like it's it's just eh, I don't think
1: so I think I have done two Taga mock drafts and I believe Baines if not the first, was either in like the top three defenders taken.
2: Great. I'll let other people make that mistake, just like, <laughs> I, did last, just like I did last year. Yeah.
1: Well, last year was injury-related.
2: Uh, yeah, and that has nothing to do with his age either.
1: I mean, injuries happen. Yes. Young young guys get hurt all the time. Firm stance. Trust me, stance. I'm an Arsenal fan.
2: Happens all the time. Yeah. Firm stance there. People get injured. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. I'm I'm not taking a bold stance either by saying people who are over 30 will get more injured more often. But come on now, at least I'm taking somewhat of a stance. <laughs> All, All right. right, Watford four signings, one I really like. Mm. I mean, like he will be on a lot of my teams. And Juan Camilo Zuniga. Oh yeah, don't forget that Enye. Uh, he's <laughs> he's. He's legit in terms of an attacking fullback. He's someone who can cross the ball. He is super quick and loves to get up and down the field. He actually used to be a midfielder, so yep. this is a guy who can. Who knows how to to move the ball, to handle the ball, to cross, possibly take some corners. Um, we mentioned this before. Isaac Success can't 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 go wrong with that. One. Uh, but he, you know, twelve point five million pounds. So I mean, he, they really like him too. Uh, and they also recently signed Jerome Sinclair from Liverpool and Christian Cabasilli. Nope, no, nope. sorry again, Christian Cabasell from Genk.
1: Mm, the Cabasell family is going to be pissed. Yes, they will. Zuniga um, is the. Prize. I was going to say he's the. He's easily the best one, and I think um, we'll talk about him enough that we'll both end up with him and our FPL teams because he'll probably be cheap. Because why would a Watford defender be expensive? And uh, yeah, I think. You nailed it. It'll be a pretty attractive spot if he plays. I mean, they have an opening at left back with Nathan Ake now at uh, Burnmouth. So, um, and they kind of rotated a number with of guys Nathan last and year Ake,
2: with Nathan Ake going back to Chelsea and then right out to Burnmouth. Right, right. right. Don't, don't forget. Don't a forget the in...
1: step. Yeah, pick up his uh, his letter at Chelsea that said he was going to go. Um, right. Yeah, I think he'll be a, an attractive option and he'll end up getting expensive, like we saw, like on. DraftKings, like we saw Alan Yam do a few times, you know, towards the end of last year.
2: Yeah, Alan, yeah, just like that. Perfect. Yeah, Sheps, sure, he plays on the left side, so they actually they can both play at the same time.
1: Right, right. I'm saying I don't uh, think Ake got quite as forward as everybody.
2: Isaac, Isaac Success might be an interesting name as well, not just because his name is Success. Literally interesting name. He might be someone who cracks the lineup. Throwing it out there. Okay. I mean, it's
1: still really just Dini and Igalo at this point. Like, you can't. No one else is trustworthy. And and you know what? Now
2: it's really just Dini. I don't think anyone trusts Igalo anymore. Mm. He fell off the face of the planet last last season. Maybe
1: he's just an early season player, and you can just drop him by the Christmas break. It's like Drew Brees playing at home.
2: Small sample size. We'll find out this season. Okay. Yeah, great. All right. That's yes, right. Leicester have Lester made five sign. I'm not going to try to predict what uh, Odeon <laughs> Diallo does. I was terrible at it last year. I'm going to be terrible again this year at it. Okay. Leicester Lester have made five signings. Uh, Ron Robert Seiler from Hanover. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also signed Luis Hernandez and uh, Raul Uche Rubio from Valencia. And also the replacement – well, the, the, basically the, the sign. He's the he was the harbinger of N'Golo Kanté's departure, Nempalis Mendy,
3: mm-hmm. nice.
2: and then the real prize though for fantasy purposes is Ahmed Musa. So I think he'll slot right up front with Jamie Vardy to form one of the fastest duos of strikers.
1: Yeah, that's going to be really exciting to watch. And the, I mean Shinji Okazaki was decent last year, but from a fantasy perspective, he wasn't really that. That important, and the same with, uh, I mean, Leonardo Uchoa came on late at the year, but there was a reason why Okazaki started over him, and Musa is definitely better than both of these guys.
2: By far. Not even close. And what's really scary is somehow their front line got faster.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And that bothers every Premier League team. Every single one is that speed.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, I think that's totally right. Um, But, I mean, the biggest move that they're going to do is – is that they have to keep Riyad Mahrez at this point you can't that team is in trouble if they lose him and Conte and Conte's gone
2: here's here's when you hear their names have been rustling around for Robbie Brady and they already have all all Brighton uh, and you know Brady is not he is not Riyad Mahrez don't get me wrong but for what you need them to do, that, that's why Musa is so important as an addition. Now you have two outlets that are just blindingly quick
3: mm-hmm.
2: up front and also have the ability to beat a defender and be direct uh, and give you a lot of effort. So it, it, I'm not as, I'm not as hardened as you are on that stance. I think it would be – it would be detrimental, but they would they would have outlets. You know, they would have released, They would have a, a nice safety net. You know, if they were able to get like a Robbie Brady, or maybe they would throw their name in the hat for Belasi, depending on what the fee is for Maras. Hmm.
1: Jeff Schlupp is rumored somewhere now too. Where yeah, the, the whatever they've wasted him. Yeah, uh,
2: they, they they can't find a position for him. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. He's not. He doesn't have the stamina to play midfield or forwards as far as running up and down the pitch. But he also. Uh, and he, he doesn't have the final product either. It just turns to the final pass or the final shot, and he also is not good enough defensively to play left back. Right. So he's he he needs a new system.
1: Yeah, it's like he plays a lot of positions decently, but doesn't play any one position well, and that's kind of a problem.
2: Mm. <sighs> we have three teams left to go. One of them is Middlesbrough, new uh, uh, new team, and the only team that's not sure the the team that will be the northeast rival to Sunderland. Mm-hmm. So Middlesbrough have come in; they have picked up six new signings. Uh, I'm not sure if I've heard of any of them except for Victor <laughs> Valdez. I was going to say who, Victor act, Valdez. everybody's who, heard of. Yeah, who's everyone? Everyone's heard of, but they don't necessarily think that it's going to be a huge, huge uh, boost to their fantasy Premier League title hopes but you know i'll just go through the names victor fisher bernardo espinosa uh martin martin daroon i'm gonna take a guess at that one jordan mcgee and i want to say antonio barragon i'll say barragon why not um none of these guys were except for daroon were of any significant money, but Darun is for twelve million from Atalanta yep. in Serie A. So, I mean, that's one you have to at least look at. But I'm not too impressed. I'm not too enthused. What I'm surprised about is that they haven't gone in for someone who helped them, someone who helped them a lot, <laughs> Patrick Bamford. Unbelievable! Heaven forbid we do a
1: podcast without talking about Patrick Bamford.
2: I tried not to, but I couldn't resist. You didn't try not to. That's certainly true as well. <laughs> Are
1: you telling me that like, on your notes every podcast, well, it's like talk about on. Patrick Banford. You don't have notes this time, so we were somehow going to miss him.
2: Hold on one second. <laughs> I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw in a second name as well. This, this was equally surprising, but actually more surprising to me. Thomas Callis, who really did help um, Middlesbrough get promoted. Yep. He was loaned out again by Chelsea. God damn it. Uh, but he was loaned out to Fulham. So he'll be in the championship again, but Middlesbrough, I think they kind of missed missed out on that one. I think they wanted him back.
1: Well, there's still a shot at Bamford. Never know.
2: Fantastic. Middlesbrough also on my radar for relegation, just throwing that out there. Okay. But they but of the three team of the three teams that were promoted, they would be the I think the first ones to st- in my list to stay up. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not I'm not too I'm not too excited about the teams that have come up, to be fair. Uh, I'm not sure. how This could be the first time in a little bit where all three teams that were promoted go right back down. That would not shock me at all. Okay. Caveat, Sunderland lose uh, Big Sam. Big Sam, yeah.
1: Well, you think Sunderland with David Moyes goes down?
2: (sighs) Possible, but not likely. Mm Mm-hmm. Less likely I'll say more less likely sorry, more likely they would go down than Big Sam being there. I, I don't think that's too much of a bold stance, but mm-hmm. I think Big Sam had them playing in a way that gave them confidence. Yeah. All right. Let's get to let's get to West Ham. Team that I thought that we're gonna have a big summer and money wise, they actually haven't spent the cash yet, but they have made a lot of, of quantity of signings. They've made six. Mm-hmm. So Tony Martinez, uh nortveit, uh nortveit there we go, yeah. from Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is even tougher to pronounce. Hmm. Uh, Domingos Kina, uh, this is the prize here. Sofian Fajuli mm-hmm. from Valencia. Valencia yeah. And uh, former Chelsea guy, Gokhan Torre from Besiktas. And uh, Ashley Fletcher from Manchester United. So that's who they've brought in so far. Uh, Faguli is one. I, I mean, he might be on my team day one.
1: Yeah, you said that um, previously, and that's, why do you like him so much?
2: He does two things very well. He runs really quickly, and he shoots really hard. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Love it. So, uh, he also can cross the ball, and he can dribble, but those are the two things that I've seen him do very well. Okay. And also, he's one of my favorite players to play with on FIFA. Oh, well, there it is. Um, And that that's my real analysis there. No, but he is really quick, and West Ham at times lacked pace on the wing. Do you think Piatt stays? Uh, that is the sixty-seven million pound question, or something mm. like that, uh, or fifty million pound question. Um, I think if he moves, it'll be more likely in January. What? Wow. Uh,
1: what's the what's the number where you say yes? They have to do it. Fifty-five million pounds yeah I mean, he's almost 30 that that's he's not true. like some young player who's like that's coming the reason up like, why yeah he's that's been the... around for a while
2: he's a late bloomer yeah. but
1: he's a late he's bloomer young. with plenty of miles on him
2: all, all true statements but he doesn't need to he just needs to be quick in small spaces he, he's not a guy who tries to sprint away from you yeah okay. and those free kicks man yeah yeah <laughs> yeah those are good He's good at those. (laughs) (laughs) Bold stances left and right from Andrew Laird. Hot take. Watch out. That's right. Uh, And the team that's been most busy this summer is the team that was very busy last summer as well, Burnmouth. They've they've made seven more signings, Andrew. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So, uh, God. Uh, Emerson Hidman from Fulham. Uh, Nathan Ake, as you mentioned before, from Chelsea on loan. Lise Mousset from Le Havre. Uh, I'm assuming that's pronounced like Favre. But... uh, why not Uh Do you pronounce Trapp's... it Brett <laughs> 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 Yes That's exactly how I pronounce it <laughs> Oh my god Um, my, oh, god, Michael Nijoli from Millwall Lewis Cook from Leeds And your favorite Jordan Ibe From Liverpool mm.
1: The Well we should talk about Matt Ritchie leaving I don't know if we talked about that in the last one or not But
2: we haven't talked about it. No, we he's
1: gone. And so
2: uh, the dumbest move by a player, unless he got a significant amount more money.
1: That's the only I, he had to have personally,
2: personally. Yeah, he
1: had to have um, because, yeah, you don't make that move unless you get a ton of money. And maybe he just All wanted right. to join the revolution.
2: All right. Yeah. So let, 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 let's say we should probably say that he moved to Newcastle. Right. Um. God the Rough Illusion. <laughs> I liked mine better. Benitez Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um but I doesn't play that spot. Like he's definitely more of a winger. And so who does take Richie's spot?
2: Junior Stanislaus.
1: Stanislas, yeah. They move Gradle inside? Is he too quick to
2: No. <laughs> he was too no, he play he found his position. Yeah. He was doing great.
1: Do they play a Phoby and Wilson together?
2: They could. Yeah. Joshua King would I think would be more ready-made for that, but
1: to play with one of them or to play Steins- to play with, or play
2: with Wilson. No, yeah. to play with Wilson. Yeah. By the, the way, thank, pretty you, good though. Th- thank you for Callum Wilson. By the way, for the esSA draft that we're yeah, going to be doing. No problem. My, my one-dollar keeper. No problem.
1: I'm keeping four guys, and they're all a dollar, which proves how awfully wait, hey, I spent wait. my money.
2: You keep four? You can only keep three.
1: It was a three. I don't even. I didn't even read the rules. I don't, I don't even know. I kind of thought we could keep whoever we wanted to, as long as Sorry. we paid within Sorry, the budget.
2: Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. We're not really up on the rules yeah. publicly. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I promise. promise. Uh, but for, but for Liverpool, Nathan Ake. We also talked about this a little bit. The one position that they are flush with is uh, left uh, fullbacks with fullbacks.
1: Yeah. Burnmouth. You said Liverpool, I think
2: that's what I meant. Sorry. Burnmouth They're flush with fullbacks. Yeah. So, well, we talked about
1: that. We think, okay, he'll now be a center back.
2: I well, this is, which is what Chelsea have always wanted him to be. They've wanted him to center back, but if they try to play him out wide as a fullback and he plays, we saw it at Watford. He has flashes of times where he can go forward, but that's not really his game.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't, see how you play him ahead of Charlie Daniels or Simon Francis though like why would you do that
2: uh, better defensively really as a defender yes really all right
1: I think that's uh, why he should be a center back
2: I agree yeah I think he'd be more valuable to Chelsea as a center back I'll yeah. tell you that Um. Hopefully, he, hopefully, that's what the reasoning is. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what the rumors are, but I'm not positive that that's actually going to happen. We all know how these things tend to not happen when they make too much sense. Right. Right. All right. Speaking of not making too much sense, let's get to our uh, – first of all, let's get to your Rotowire weekend.
1: Um, yeah, so Rotowire has a trip every year for um, our remote – it's really for the remote guys to come in and meet everybody who um, – you know, works full time for RotoWire, so it's it, it's always over the Major League Baseball All Star break um, out in Las Vegas because it's the slowest sports weekend of, or you know few days of the year, which turned out to be not the case for me because MLS had a six game slate on Wednesday. The trip is Sunday to Wednesday, so I had to spend a few hours working, which um, I was one of like three people out of seventy to do that, which was always kind of a bummer. But yeah, it was basically like um, I got in it Sunday night. It was like 6:30 local time in Vegas, and I left Wednesday morning. And I basically was at an open bar for the entire time, except for the breakfast buffets. Actually, no, we had mimosas then. So yeah, it was basically like a three and a half day open bar. And And
2: I saw that you guys were at the uh, the the Aria, right?
1: Yep, we stayed at the Aria last year. We stayed at the Cosmopolitan, which is right next door. Um, This is only the two times I've ever been to Vegas, um, so I haven't done like the whole like i've never seen a show in vegas i've basically never left the hotels that i've gone to although i went to in and out oh, twice i um, saw that on, I yeah. saw that. so i went to in and out they closed at one o'clock in the morning i went to in and out at 12 and twelve fifty eight, um back to back night so they loved me there um so
2: did you, did you order animal style
1: uh i did on the fries I, I the burger i think is itself is fine without it um i don't need like the extra whatever the glop is that they put on it um yeah, it was a it was a fun trip. It's always nice because I uh, we have like 30 full time employees in Matt in our Madison, Wisconsin headquarters and uh, I obviously do not live in Madison, Wisconsin. So it's nice to, you know, see the people that you work with um, every day uh, for a few days of just um, like I said, three and a half days of an open bar. My wife kept being like, how is this like a work trip? Like, what are you doing? Like, I was talking to her and my kids for a little while. i like, so what are you doing now? And it's like, I've got to get down to the pool because they rented some cabanas and I just have to go and hang out with everybody there. And she's like, is there any work going on? And I was like, well, I, I work with these people. So like, whatever you want to define work,
2: you know what, you know what this is all code for, right? What's that? She's making sure she's making sure that this trip is on the up and up and on the level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what she's doing. No, just make making she's just making sure you're not getting yourself into trouble.
1: Yeah, there's there's no trouble. I'm uh, admittedly just way too old for that crap anymore. <laughs> not that I, yeah, yeah, ever I was ever really. I, into I, was about, it, but... I was
2: about to say that the one flaw of the Roto-Wire uh, trip to Vegas is, here, OK, let's take all these people who are in like the fringe gambling business. Yeah. Right. We can safely say that. Uh, and let's put them in the gambling capital of the country. Yeah. And let's put them there when there are absolutely zero sports going on. Yeah. It's uh
1: yeah, plenty of futures bets down. I threw one down for Villanova to repeat as national champions because why why not?
2: Because you're a soccer. Yeah, yes.
1: Why not? So uh, the yeah, it's just a, you know, a few days of shenanigans. Um, well,
2: and, and did you did you not put one on the Jets to be the Super Bowl champions?
1: I did not. I did take huh. the I did take the over on seven wins though. That felt low to me, but uh. That's much more of a sucker bet than anything else than the Villanova one I thought, but uh, I, th- I
2: was about to say I think we're discussing a trend.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I should be thankful that I don't live in a state that allows me to gamble on sports because I've never been very good at it.
2: Um, so it's perfect to talk about a preseason, uh, our preseason musings that we're going to be doing now. With uh, we have yeah. our mock draft coming up tomorrow, correct?
1: Yep, we're going to do it Tuesday night. We're going to do it uh, essentially a Tog mock draft. And, uh, we have some, you know, we always have a few users who play on Taga and, uh, you know, we always like to have John Wallen on the pod and hopefully we can have him on relatively soon to talk about, um, you know, what Taga has in store for this upcoming season. they the games for this year are not open yet. I believe the website says that they'll be, uh, drafting in August. So, uh, we have a little bit of time, but, um, so yeah, we're going to mock draft tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we get at least another one in, if not two more, just to kind of help out uh, those who need need to see stuff like mock drafts ahead of their own draft. So that's our plan. Yeah,
2: that sounds great. And our what strategies are yeah, we talked about this a little bit beforehand. Let's talk about and We also got a Twitter question about this as well. So uh, we got a Twitter question asking when to pick first defender in a 12 team league and also, uh, you know, let's let's take it let's take it one one piece by one piece here. So when do you pick a defender in a twelve team league?
1: Uh, we, or I've I've done two mocks already, and I fill out all of my other starting spots, and depending on uh, kind of who's left on the board, at least two bench spots before I take a defender. And the the reason why I do that is not that defenders are are like a total crapshoot. But it's worth taking chances on guys like, uh, you know, last year, like we were just saying, uh, Simon Francis and Charlie Daniels ended up being excellent fantasy options. And like who was drafting uh, two fullbacks from a promoted side, you know, early. And so you can get guys like Christian Fuchs is another uh, who turned out to be an excellent fantasy play. And um, it's one of those that I I would much prefer to uh, get the guys who I am. Confident, you know, the midfielders and forwards who I really think will play and get almost get an abundance of those um, in case, you know, somebody gets hurt before I, I, I go out for a defender. So you and I have always kind of been, uh, I don't want to say it's anti defender, but we basically are. And Oh, I'm anti defender. Yeah.
2: I'm, pr- I'm proudly anti defender. Yeah. It always, so, you
1: know, it, it depends on the format, but specifically with Taga, um, chances created is such an important, I mean, it's like the most important stat. Uh, and so. It puts fullbacks in a little more of a, um, a little higher on the, on the value scale as, as center backs, which, you know, applies to most DFS sites, not all of them, but most of them. And, you know, the FPL season long game, um, center backs are fine because you, you know, if you can get three or four goals plus the clean sheets, you're fine. You know, most of the attacking stats, chances created and, and crosses, uh, most of the time do not turn into assists. So, um, for FPL, uh, and this is a, kind of a different way that I thought last year I was like yeah you get the the attacking guys because they're more likely to be involved in, in goals but they're really not I mean they you, you don't get a lot of defenders who get more than five or six assists in a season and and the three goals are worth more than the five assists so uh, I think I might go a little more center back heavy in in FPL but Taga and you know the daily sites you still got to go with your usually you go with your fullbacks and. Um, no, that that'll be the case kind of with uh, with Tog again this
2: year. I'm going to give you a, 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 a nice use case here. So I'm not going to say this was everyone's top five, but this was a lot of people's top five defenders from last season. And uh, you'll just cringe as I keep going down this list. Number one, Leighton Baines.
1: Can I guess who number two is? Sure. Kieran Trippier.
2: Bingo. Yeah. Number two, Kieran Trippier barely played. Yeah. Number we three. should have seen we, that
1: coming. That was that was dumb. I all did
2: see it coming. Yeah. Every like I saw it coming. You saw it coming too, Leslie's when we had our little get together in New yeah. York City.
1: That's I was right. like, he may not even play. Like, are we sure Kyle Walker is not gonna start?
2: <laughs> yeah. Like is this is this a foregone conclusion that Kyle if, yeah. if, anyway. Walker turned out to be a pretty good fantasy option in Taga. So did Danny Rose when he played. Yeah. Uh Brandislav Ivanovich, number three. <sighs> Hurts, right? Yep. Number four, Nathaniel yeah. Klein. Yeah. Number five, not even in the Premier League anymore, Daryl Janmaat.
1: Oh. Um.
2: Painful, right? It's painful. Yeah. Like if you try to predict who's going to be the top scoring defenders, you are going to look like, like an idiot.
1: Yeah, I don't have the uh, the tag list up, um, but basically the, the the defenders who ended up paying off better than anybody else were guys like, uh, well, Fuchs, um, Alberto Moreno, because he created a ton of chances, uh, Cresswell, which actually might have been before the podcast where we talked about him. I mean, even Alexander Kolarov, he like, didn't even play all the time, but he was still one of the like higher scoring ones. And so you get guys uh, like that, um, that it makes you think, would I rather, uh, you know, essentially reach for a guy like Nathaniel Klein or would I rather just go with kind of a steady midfielder that turns out to be James Milner, who was like an excellent fantasy option last year? Um, so that's kind of the, the reason why uh, you go with guys like that. You know, would you rather uh, think that you're getting a reliable Bronislav Ivanovich, or do you wait and take Oscar? You know, like the, the, the there's an abundance of attacking midfielders who like could break out that it's totally worth it. To go with them in those middle rounds, as opposed to going with a defender, because uh, you just don't know. Like you said, those were the top five last year, and they were all. I would much rather garbage. go with
2: a Zuniga. I would much rather gamble on a Zuniga. Right, later but, on.
1: But, right, much rather. And it's and it's barely a gamble in your, you know, tenth uh, or twelfth round pick or whatever. It, you know, whatever it turns out to be, uh, you get guys like that than you do. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of another attacking midfielder who kind of slips by but um you you take those those shots and maybe end up with an Alexi Wobey for a few weeks or something like that and the other thing is that defenders are so replaceable that you're bound to find plenty of them on the waiver wire um so it's just like just I, I have yet to to read the article that tells me why I should focus on defenders earlier than than we do
2: And everyone makes that mistake. Like, they're going to draft – you know, they'll draft, like, an Ivanovic. uh, I mean, I don't even know who it would be this year. Maybe, like, Simon Francis or Charlie Daniels they will draft him in the second round.
1: Yeah, I think it's Fuchs. Yeah, Fuchs. Um, And um, actually, Moreno didn't go nearly as high. Patrick Van Anholt, he'll go pretty high. Um, Danny Rose. um, Cedric Suarez was headed that direction until – he basically lost his job. Hector Bellerin, he'll be really early um, early drafted for, you know, when you can get Ryan Bertrand 10 rounds later. I mean, it's just there's no reason to, to go early on these guys.
2: It It's, yeah, it, there, really, there really is no reason, none. And I would gamble on forwards. You know, forward seems to be a position that's feast or famine. And this season, I think it's going to be no different. Uh, there's not going to be a ton of 15 goal scorers. There just aren't.
1: Yeah, like who, who's obviously going to be happier at the end of the season, the guy who drafted Daryl Yanmat or the guy who drafted Igalo? I mean, you ran Igalo out early on. You got your 15 goals, whatever, you ended up 12 or 15, somewhere around there. I mean, why not take a shot on those guys uh, as opposed to a defender that, you know, will get you a few points here and there but ultimately is replaceable? <sighs>
2: It's, uh, they're like the tight ends in, in fantasy football, in Mm -hmm. fantasy NFL. Uh, you may, it would take a career or, you know, really a revolutionary year from a defender to make their early draft position worth it. Yep. Yeah. I don't think there are any Rob Gronkowski's (laughs) among the fantasy Premier League defenders. I just don't. Yeah.
1: And we're the, we're even worse on, on goalkeepers that you, there is absolutely no reason to take a goalkeeper before the last round. Um, particularly in Taga where saves are so important, uh, guys like Peter check and Joe Hart, who they may get some clean sheets, but if they don't get that many saves, you're not getting those points. And so, uh, you know, you could literally end up with anybody and probably be fine.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. I-, I tested that theory with our Mondo goals, uh, situation. Well, and I
1: think that's a little different.
2: Ready, Brad Guzans. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: apparently priced appropriately. Um, Yeah, you don't. Fair enough. You don't want the guys who's given up four goals a game. But I think most uh, fantasy keepers will um, will be okay. And you will not see a direct correlation between spots in the table and, uh, you know, uh, goalie fantasy points like you want the guys who get a few clean sheets and make a ton of saves.
2: Adrian, right? Right. No (laughs) clean sheets there, but. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting season, and I'm excited to get started with our first mock draft tomorrow. But uh, we'll be talking again afterwards. Uh, after, so we'll do like a little post-draft recap uh, mm-hmm. later on this week. But, Andrew, it's been a pleasure uh, getting back acquainted with you, actually hearing your voice again after that crazy after that crazy party time that we won't tell your wife about. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wasn't even there. All right. So uh, on, that <laughs> right. Note, on that note, we will end. This episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, because why not? This is the best time to end it. Thank you so much, Andrew, for being with me, and we will catch you later on this week for our post draft recap. Talk to you then, Andrew. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer. They're gonna kill the love of my life